This episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by Paraswap. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. What is up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you are listening to a super special edition, watching a super special edition of Untold Stories, coming to you live from Los Angeles, Sunset Boulevard, Melrose Podcast Studio, right beneath the Chateau Marmont and, and Pink Tacos and everything, the the walk the stars everything all the celebrities right down the road from us so it's really exciting to be like doing live shows like that again i'm here today with scott stewart from the kava platform scott thanks for coming on the live version of untold stories today yeah thank you for having me charlie oh scott so DeFi is growing up the kava platform is growing up there are so many different blockchains and products under kava and it seems to me that the whole ecosystem really under DeFi is changing. Uh, the whole industry, I would say, is starting to go through this maturing process. But it's a little bit concerning to me as I watch the NFT world, as I watch um, people with penguins and you know Facebook profile pictures and things like that. It's a little bit reminiscent to the 2017 era, which now yeah. we look yeah. back as, as something good. But at the same time, how is the DeFi world maturing and going to be able to attract the next, you know, billion users? Yeah. So, I mean, certainly it's growing. Probably if you pull a lot of the folks that were around in 2017 and you ask them, you know, kind of after that, that cycle, what would it look like? Or will this thing look, you know, what, what, what will DeFi look like in 2022, 2021? Um, I think the reality is probably pretty far on the optimistic yeah. side. Um, and that's a good thing. So, I mean, I, like like you mentioned with 2017, that's generally a good thing, right? Like you can see it manifest itself in ways that you're like, eh, I don't really know. But overall, like growth is good, you know, for, for the industry generally. Um, yeah. Maybe I could just take a, for the listeners, just take a quick step back and just like kind of introduce myself and, and, and Kava a bit. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so anyways, I'm, I'm Scott. Uh, so I, uh, I started out uh, kind of my career doing internet poker, which is actually a lot what a lot of uh, crypto folks did. So back when, um, when that was really taking off in kind of 2005, six, seven, uh, really got into that and um, became one of, the, one of the top specifically online uh, poker players in the world at the time. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was around 2011 or 2012, uh, when the U S justice department actually made it difficult, uh, for us players to play because they cut out the, the financial rails. They said black Friday, right? Yeah. Black Friday. I black literally, Friday. I specifically remember coming back and having a friend sit me down, like pour me a little glass of whiskey and be like, I got to tell you something I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So they kind of took the legs out, um, underneath the industry, at least in the U S and so, like I went around, uh, like I went to Costa Rica and a few other places to try and play. Um, but, you know, it ended up like, it was really nice, you know, during college to be able to like wake up, not put pants on, manage your capital. And that was kind of the way to do it. And now, you know, you had to, you had to go out of country. So that kind of stopped making sense. And I wanted to like build things anyways. Um, I knew like at the time I wanted to build things anyways. And so after that, uh, I just jumped into um, starting a business in the in the ad tech space. So now this is like in the early teens when um, Android and iOS were really starting to hit hard. A lot of people were putting money into advertising on mobile apps. 
And so um, I built out a company in that and then now in crypto um, since like 2017 and the kind of the, the ride in there. And so I'd say like for me, one of the things that I've really kind of come to specialize in is like early state, like early things. So early business, early technologies, early businesses, separating out like kind of the noise from what I think makes sense. Like that's particularly stimulating. Um, and then I founded this Kava Labs and uh, today we have a pretty great team um, of uh, C-suite leadership that has like 20 or 30 years experience taking, you know, emergent technologies to more mainstream audience and then also like having success bringing companies public, et cetera. You know, Kava, it's been such a, it's been a pleasure working with you guys over the last year, having y'all sponsor uh, Untold Stories and and be with the, the Kava process throughout watching its ecosystem grow into multiple blockchains governed by different governance. You know, now we're talking about um, the Kava Swap, Kava Mint, and Kava Lend. And yeah. I, we're going to get into, into governance in a few minutes because I want to understand more. But how do you... How do you design products? You know, you talk about building products for the mainstream. The mainstream doesn't really know or it isn't thinking about using their tokens to govern a blockchain being a part of that process. They don't really understand where they fit into the DeFi or NFT world. What would you say to those people who are looking at it for like five or 10 years down the road? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, and this is actually like, a, this is why I'm actually like, particularly excited about um, the current the current spot that the the space is in today um, because I mean I think you can say now crypto generally and probably DeFi specifically is pretty squarely in this like emergent technology category right like you could have looked at it in like 2013 and 14 people could argue like oh that's not actually going to be a thing right versus like it might be like, it's pretty you still clearly can make that argument I'm still scared so, so of that people <laughs> So some people could, um, but I think that a lot of people would say like, it's not going to go away, right? Like it's, it's going to stick around and it's going to grow. And then, so now, you know, companies and communities that are coming along and taking a stance at this, right. They can kind of take a look at this and say, well, all right, how can we, basically the question to answer is how can we take it from where it is today to where we want it to be in the future? which is, you know, broader, broader adoption or basically adoption to, well, I'll use terms like in, in a moment here, um, but sort of to the, uh, to, 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 yeah, basically broader late adopters. And so for us, like Kava, we, we basically come out and we say two things. We, we take a stance and we say that the way that we get there is through safety and reliability. So it's safety and reliability that's going to take DeFi to the broader majority and that there's a community of individuals who are committed and know how to doing that. And, that, and that's important. Um, so like when I, when I kind of look at this space, I kind of think of crypto as just another, you know, we love it, but it's just another emerging technology. And fortunately, there's already like a playbook for uh, how to get adoption for early technology. I like to use the kind of Jeffrey yeah. Moore crossing the chasm type thing. You got a picture of that that chasm uh, in the future. And um, so, you know, when you ask like, where's Kava taking the market? For us, we're setting the standard for reliability and safety. We're telling the market that Kava is the safest place 
to earn on your crypto and that we're just applying this simple maturity model of stability, security, and streamlined UX that's going to take DeFi, like other emergent technologies, to um, the, the broader majority. You talk about safety and a beautiful product that someone can download and in a fully decentralized way have access to decentralized finance, be able to do things like uh, put a bunch of assets and then uh, create your own mint, your own stablecoin that you can borrow against. To be able to access and do all these things, I'm talking about the ability to uh, uh, take loans against your house in crypto, be able to tokenize your house eventually one day where where the mainstream world is accessing this on a day-to-day basis. But to get there, and this is kind of like a sticking point for me, you talk about safety and a beautiful product. Traditionally, you've had to give up decentralization for that. You've had to give up security for that because it's been like a lever. The nicer UX, UI you want, you're, you're like the simple fact of like, you know, creating a, yeah, it's a better product to create a password reset for your user. But if you remove the ability, that's full decentralization where they can't reset their password. You lose out on people who don't want to be involved in something where you can lose all of your keys. So like, where's the trade-off? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say something like, like password reset. So kind of the way that I think about that um, from the security perspective is I actually really like looking at the internet, like in the late, late nineties and early two thousands, because that's an example of of a of a, a set of technologies or an ecosystem of technologies that wasn't born out of regulation, right? There wasn't a regulation that said you have to salt and hash passwords, you know, in, in a particular way. They just kind of existed. Um, and I remember, you know, going onto the internet like in the very early days and having like really rudimentary authentication. And so you yeah. kind of had this competitive game <laughs> of, uh, you know some sites sucked and lost your data and you lost trust in them. And then some sites did a better job and you, you kept trust with them and you sort of built that on. And I think crypto is just kind of that on steroids, right? I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it is faster too. And, 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 yeah. And today faster, right? So it's, it's a, it's a similar sort of thing uh, for, you know, what they had to do in the nineties. Now it's just, you know, directly, directly tied uh, to money. Um, yeah, and I mean to the point of yeah, to the point of the the technology bit. I mean, when we look at like it's definitely we're it's definitely collaborative, right? So we we certainly think that we have competitors out there, right? Because we want to be competitive, we want to stay competitive in the market. Um, but the the technology is still evolving, and um, we kind of think of like a lot of the other sort of Ethereum competitors focus on that aspect of speed. Like you hear that a lot. And, and I think that speed is important uh, and uh, you, you need it. It's, it, it, is a, it is a fundamental thing to be able to process the amount of transactions. And that's like a pretty big, that's like a pretty big um, thing in the space. Um, but we're out there saying that, you know, in order to really grow uh, the industry and get it to cross the chasm, um, into the majority, th- there needs to be that that security component uh, as well, as security in the sense of safety and reliability. And so we need to figure out we need to figure out to what to what end or where do we where where we lose where do we say we've lost that decentralization, um, but mm. we're giving a better product. Like where does that? Yeah. Uh, and actually, we've had people on the show who are who are trying now to actually quantify 
decentralization and where that comes in and try to like attribute scoring to it, if you will. So when we think about, and maybe it's worth like kind of getting into how we think of security and how we can get some of those benefits, um, how we can get some of those benefits of being able to have, uh, being able to have a kind a decentralized uh, custodian for users' funds um, that is able to uh, that is able to provide like a good UX as well as um, as well as is able to change yeah, exactly secure yeah um, and so for us when we think of security um, it, it it is the technology so it comes down to the technology and we can certainly talk about like how Kava handles handles that um, but I think importantly it's more than the technology so it's process how are these applications being built. What's ah. the quality assurance around that? That is and deployed, right? Way to how it's deployed, um, and then because this is crypto, um, it's also financial. What protections are in place uh, to give uh, users safety or around their funds in events that things that bad things do happen, right? And so we can kind of talk about tactics that the Kava community has created, um, like a a, a safe fund, etc. Um, that's there to be able to to help give users. Um, it's amazing how community driven Kava has become watching it over the last year. Not that it's, it's not, it wasn't early on, but it's, it's kind of how watching you guys as a team, Kava labs and, and the community be involved in shaping where uh, the whole platform has gone. You know, you, you talked about, I, I love poker. Let's talk about poker for a second because yeah. there's so many life lessons that you can attribute to to poker, to how you probably run your lives, how you get up every day. I'm actually, if anyone's in LA, I'm hosting like a poker thing tonight with some friends. If if yeah. anyone's, if you want to come up, by the way, I know I, I'm I'm in. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. I will do it for uh, like a next one. I think it would be tough. Yeah, next month right? we do it every month. It's like a crypto yeah. versus Hollywood poker poker event, and crypto's winning right now. Steve Beauregard really? from GoCoin. Yeah, he keeps beating everyone. He just comes in. Jeremy Gardner is also really good at poker and. Everyone comes in and play. It's a lot of fun. We have a great time. Um, but I'm not very, very good at it. Can you teach me? Can you tell me? Yeah. Just is give it, me some like pointers. Yeah. yeah, we play Texas Hold'em. Okay. Well, the benefit of Texas Hold'em is only two cards. So you can print out all the combinations, you know, on a on a on like a mouse pad. So it's uh that's it where pretty- I get tricked up. I think I always have the best hand, but you have to figure out it's also like life. You have to figure out what the hands of the possibilities you have to be watching every single card all the time. Yeah. And I think that just randomly on poker, like one of the, one of the like moments that I kind of realized that does then get applied to life um, is this, this notion of range. So like if we're playing poker um, and I always play the same hand, the exact same way, um, it actually becomes pretty easy uh, to, to play against me. So what I have to do is in certain situations, I have to create a range. I have to credibly represent to you that I could have a range of hands. Um, I need to represent a range. And so sometimes that means that I may have a hand in actuality that I'm like, oh, I wish I did not have this hand, but given how I'm given how I'm basically playing the situation, you know, I have to continue as if I have this hand and maybe a few other hands in the range. And I think at the high levels. Oh, I see what really, you mean. Yeah. And at the high levels, what I would really look for when I'm playing Charlie is over a long enough period of time. Um, and I, you know, if it was online with some different tools, I'd be like in certain situations, does he kind of skew the range right out of, out of normal? 
see pretty skewed on one side or the other, and then I'll try and you know take advantage of that. Are humans predictable in that sense? Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, humans are emotional too. I mean, where where most of the value ends up coming isn't when we sit down and we have our coffee and we're level headed in the morning. It's like. 2 30 a.m and people have been playing way longer than they're supposed to play you know and that's where this kind of battle of attrition like really comes out i mean it was very fun it was like stressful and like crazy weird hours uh even more so than now um but it was how do you do it as a profession though how do you make money over a long term doing your taxes creating you know monthly cash flow it's a business yeah yeah well it actually and it mirrors the treasury management component of crypto um i think a lot because what it what it does is you can have a great day <laughs> you, know, you crack open the charts like oh we're having a great day you have tomorrow a terrible day and so what it beats into you um is this idea of like expected value right where you're like i'm taking actions today that they may not result in like tangible outcomes. I may make great decisions today and actually it ends up sucking. But over time, if I sort of flip that coin enough, you know, I'm, I'm creating value in the end. You know, we talk about creating value in the end. I, I think about that, you know, how do I create value in the world that I'm in every single day? It's an interesting, it's an interesting thought to ponder about, you know, what type of value are we supposed to be creating in the world? Is it a tangible value? Is it, uh, is it creating, is it doing, you know, what we're doing in this, in this whole crypto world, is that the value that we're creating? We're going to be looked back decades from now and, and know that we're part of, we were a part of something great, still are part of something amazing every single day. It's a beautiful thing to wake up to. And I guess that's why no one's playing poker at over coffee in the morning. You know, one one sort of like uh, like heuristic that I've seen for that that I kind of like thinking about is this idea that um, you know you can kind of think of you can think of value creation um, on this you know sort of on this like two D plane uh, where one where one side of it is like the amount of value. So uh, so one side of it's the amount of value, and then the other side of it is uh, how many how many people are affected, right? And so. You know, I think that a lot of a lot of folks in the startup world, they really try and get all of the area under the curve. They try and say, I'm going to just affect the most amount of people that I can uh, with like just like the absolute like best product. Um, and I actually think that a lot of like pretty good businesses are built out um, from from sort of taking either. So you can you can affect a lot of people in a in a small way. The way that you end up doing distribution with that's different, but that's like you know, like a camera filter or something, right? Like on, on an app, right? Where like I, as a software developer, could leverage this rails of Instagram or something. And I could add a marginal value that gets pushed out to a bunch of people. Or, you know, I could be in biotech and I could focus on a drug that like only impacts like a pretty small set of humans, but is the difference between them dying and living, right? And then there's sort of value value under that curve. Um, Actually, that's like a perfect, you see that in medical technology a lot too, but continue your thought. Yeah. And so for kind of the, it, this is the kind of like typical startup way that that sort of that we tend to think of it is, um, yeah, I mean, you still, it's very hard to do both. <laughs> like that, I mean, that's the, that's the golden thing. And so for us, if I, if I have my hands tied behind my back and I have to start one way, I'll actually start with the latter. I'll try and find a smaller cohort of users and 
work with them to iterate on something that they say, actually, we really like this. And then, and then it's just a matter of how, how far can you scale that out? And so like, if we remember not too long ago, two or three years ago, DeFi, this, this idea, uh, there were not that many DeFi users, right? If you, if you talk to like synthetics or MakerDAO or any of these uh, projects that have a lot more um, like reputation today, you know, they would probably admit like, yeah, we didn't have that many users um, and we were still figuring it out. But what, what we did have when you talk to all of them is this sort of cohort of, of quite loyal users that really did, that really did like the product. And so this is kind of, this is that example for me, what I'm saying, like one of the things that I find interesting and that I like to specialize in is these newer technologies, because a lot of it is having to be critical in your thinking, kind of like with poker and being able to assess what makes sense, what's actually a business model that people are using versus like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) And 2017 was a great example of that, where for like every one thing that you're like, that's kind of interesting. You probably had like 30 or 40. That's ridiculous in my mind to the point where you're like, am, am I going crazy? Like, am I, you know, not getting this? But then it ends up being that a lot of those go away and, you know, a few things uh, uh, remain. And you can capture, you can capture certainly a lot of value, you know, having, having discretion in, in an environment like that. The biggest problem with DeFi today as we know it is there are simply no aggregators or way to bring all of this information and data together so we can trade off of it. We're going to Uniswap and we're clicking sell, 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 or buy, buy, buy. I mean, imagine staying up till two o'clock in the morning just so you can make a trade. The folks at Paraswap, my newest sponsor, are doing exactly that. They are the fastest and most liquid aggregator on the Ethereum blockchain. They've built a state-of-the-art algorithm that aggregates all the major decentralized exchanges in order to beat the market price. They are willing to offer you on your first swap a 50% gas refund. Check it out in the show notes. I mean, there's no reason not to use PowerSwap. It's the same thing as using any of these other sites, but you're getting a better price, zero slippage, better swap, safer, faster, more secure. Uh, what's what's the downside? There is none that I could think of. And you're getting your first swap, 50% gas fees paid for. It solves every problem that I could think of. Make sure you check them out. They're my sponsors. I love them. And I love them even more that they're pushing crypto forward. It's definitely growing up and it's definitely changing. Are we transitioning now from the small users? And is that what it looks like now? We're transitioning from the small users of the maker dies and everything into the larger mainstream where anyone I talk to you know, anyone who's in any industry, anyone who's anything, whatever, there's a reason for them to to access or be involved or play with or buy or trade or speculate or uh, uh, lend out their assets or be involved in DeFi some way. Is that the transition that we're going yeah. through now? Yeah, we are. I, mean, I think we're getting there. I think we're we're kind of, if we had that crossing the chasm thing, we're getting there. We're getting into that scary chasm part. There are certainly a cohort of venomous DeFi users who spend a lot of time and money and resource in the space. But crossing that little bit, I think is is kind of exactly where we're at. One thing that I like as, you know, basically like an operator in the DeFi space is that we can actually look to the centralized technologies built around crypto um, as a harbinger for, for what what DeFi can do. So like if we think to 
you know, what was, you know, if, if you look at, let's say something like a, the brokerages, so like exchanges, et cetera, and you look at what did those things look like in 2015, right? When you had local Bitcoins and Mt. Gox and the, the kind of look and feel of that versus fast forward today, where you have a publicly traded company in Coinbase that has these, uh, that has, that has this, this feel of when I put my money on Coinbase, it's safe. Didn't feel that way necessarily five years ago with exchanges. But when I put my money on Coinbase, it's safe. And they have a suite of products that are integrated together. And that, you know, that to me is an example of, uh, of, a, of a product or a set, a, a segment of the industry that is starting to get over that, is starting to get over that hurdle. And it so the question is like, what's that? It took time. It just took oh, yeah. time, like constant taking shots and hacks. And, and regulatory craziness and China basically banning Bitcoin every year. And it it's just takes time. Yeah. And I think that that's where we're at uh, with DeFi. So I think that there are, there are fundamental advantages uh, to using uh, blockchains and crypto technology. And we're working to take those advantages and make them more accessible. And so, you know, for us, when we, when we think about that future, state, um, at least at Kava, when we think about that future state, it comes back to that notion of security is the only way that Kava can be the custodian of the funds that are sitting on the sideline, right? For that upcoming generation of wealth and for yeah. institutional adoption broadly, um, you know, that, that's the way that you're going to get there. And the idea is once you establish that, that base layer, um, you can create a composite layer of usability on top of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of how we think about it. In the end, you know, this, this, this Kava platform needs to be a decentralized fiduciary of, uh, that is responsible for custodying that next generation of assets coming in. And so I guess we could talk a little bit like about how we approach that today, like where we're at on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually was, you know, as you're saying it, I'm saying to myself, what's the killer app? What do people want to use? So I'm going to kind of ask you too, uh, and kind of give you my thoughts on that is I see, I, and I, it's something I didn't, I didn't think would happen is I see stable coins yeah, as yeah. not Love something them. that I thought was going to be just this like government issued or corporation, you know, like a Coinbase issuing, which they did, you was circle USDC or whatever, it was center, they have their consortium of, of, of crypto companies and banks or whatever. Um, but what, what I see more happening is individuals minting their own stable coins or, or creating, you know, a, a temporary stable coins that include baskets of different things, different assets, and then they can, they can earn different yields or they can, you know, you guys actually under the, the Kava mint um, that operates on the hard protocol, you know, users can put up a bunch of assets similar to MakerDAO and take out a USDX stablecoin, but they're actually minting their own stablecoin that includes all of their assets. And that's how many stablecoins yeah. are out there in circulation. What are, they, what are they then doing with those with USDX? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, different people might have different answers. I mean, our answers, but people want to earn money you know, they want to generate returns. Like, it's like, what's the point of financial services? You know, it's to appreciate my wealth over time. Tell um, it to all the banks. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and it's so, and, and then that, so, so for us, that's what we're competing against. And so when I, when I think of, you know, I mean, that's what these brokerages are. So, you know, when you look at uh, BlockFi or Celsius or um, any of these guys, right? I mean, the, the product that they're offering is that a user can take their wealth, put it into this service and generate more, more wealth. And then in the case of, of these um, upcoming technologies, they're saying, well, you can do that better than you can with neobanks. And then neobanks are saying you can do that better uh, than with, um, you know, the, the incumbent banks. And so what DeFi, I think, you know, like unequivocally has been able to do is it's been able to offer very high yields based on some efficiencies that are found, um, but it does it in a, in a really risky way. Um, and so that's why you see all of this money pouring into DeFi, but you also see like comically large hacks happening yeah. on almost a weekly basis, at, like, like at these days. Polymarket, ThorChain, what's happening there? So this is kind of where, you know, I'll get into like the, the approach, the approach that we take. And this is where I'm saying sort of security. It's security isn't just the technology, right? It is that process by which things are being developed. We certainly pour a ton of resources um, into that process. And um, then there is the financial aspect around it. And that's why I'm saying coming back to sort of the two things that we want to put out there in the industry is that having that premium on security in the sense of it being both safe and reliable and having a community of individuals who are willing to do this and can do this um, is so important. Because that, that second part, I think, is often like understated, but that is kind of like the limiting factor in a lot of these cases is the people and the process behind which you create and deploy things um, that are safe. And so this is maybe uh, this can be kind of... Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like an example of this would be uh, back in, so this is kind of like in the ad tech days of, of, of Scott. So with mobile apps, I mean, if you think of mobile apps as software, right? Mobile apps as software, I mean, it is a closed source technology that is not money, right? And still a lot of thought goes into the security behind that. When, when you think about, you know, creating these uh, blockchains or these financial stuff, and this is open source software that is money, but it's literally like the hardest thing uh, sure, to try sure. and keep secure. Um, and then of course you're competing with other people. So you're trying to like sort of do it, do it as quickly as you can. Uh, and so like what we ended up doing again, to borrow like from this idea of the, the ad tech space, is um, we've created a model that allows users to get an end-to-end -end experience with this infrastructure and gain the benefits of DeFi without the risk. And it's kind of, we've taken, it's kind of like a, uh, it's a model. You like said the Apple. magic words. Oh, what's that? Without well, the risk? Being able to do DeFi without or with the lowest risks possible. You know, going back to the early part of the show, and I'm going to, I know exactly where you're going with this, but we, that's what, traditionally has been lost the more decentralized yeah. DeFi platforms you want to use the more complicated you know very unbrandable very unsafe in the end because the more decentralized the more shit can happen and hacks can happen and things like that so so your kava has kind of per brought it to the perfect marriage point or at least, you know, we have our, again, we have our take, and this is why I love these industries is we have our opinion. We have our take on what's going to, what's going to get us to that, the broader adoption. And, and I think it'll work, um, but you know, we'll see. 
And so the model that we take is this kind of this like Apple-like model where, um, you know, if you look back then to phones, like in the, in the late kind of whatever people call it, knots, um, early teens, right? One of the things that, that Apple did is they said, well, you have this phone and now you have these applications and we have this, this ecosystem of applications that are curated. Um, so the idea is that uh, when a user shows up, they have this level of trust and security with the application. It's not going to do things that they don't expect it to do or that they don't want it to do. Um, and it's going to have this look and feel um, that's consistent. So Kava, for sure, like its competitors, is a financial operating system. Um, but we've created a community over the last few years that acts as basically a curation process for the protocols that get launched to the platform. And this is in contrast to like, you, know, you could kind of think of Ethereum or these other way more open things as like an, an Android model where people can just kind of throw on whatever they want and then it's at the user's risk. Um, so for yeah. us, it's it's a way for us to- it, and, oh, That's and really, a good way to explain it. Yeah, and so, you know, and, but the trick there then, and I think, you know, part of it is we kind of got there by luck, um, is you have to build out that community of individuals who are willing to participate in filtering uh, what, what gets put onto the chain. I think that's another like really hard thing that uh, may, you know, maybe not a lot of attention gets focused on. I mean, you can have something like Bitcoin, like which is just great and, sure. and, and actually is decentralized. And then you can have products that are effectively centralized, right? But, but call themselves blockchain. To actually hit that thing in the middle uh, with the community is very tough. And, and I think some, some projects and communities do it better than others. And I think that one of the ways that we maybe backed into it with some luck is um, for all the things that people kind of maybe don't like or like about the Cosmos ecosystem, um, they had a pretty strong ethos uh, around community. And so we did inherit some of that when we chose that technology, just sort of by virtue of like, oopsies, we, we inherited that, that ethos. Um, and then also just kind of by luck when we, when we, well, whatever, I'll call it luck now, when we were going to actually market um, this, this, the, the platform Kava, you know, a couple of years ago, we didn't, things weren't as easy and nice then. So we ended up having to sell a very large portion of the network to kind of keep the lights on and keep things going. So actually looking back on that now, I, I like that because, you know, we don't, we don't control it. Like, like Kava has more value yeah. now. It's oh, traded in so lots cool. of places and we cannot, even if I want to, we can't yeah. grab up enough Kava. It's just kind of, kind of too expensive and, and too big now. And so, and then the hope is that if it keeps growing, you know, that, that doesn't change. So we this have is sort what of people don't realize. No, so, sorry. Finish your thought. Well, it's just, so we've just kind of, we've happened to have found our plate without <laughs> in that, like there was planning that went into that, but I would say, you know, and that again is the reason why I like this stuff in startups is that like, you can't plan for everything. And in this case, we ended up just getting this like kind of right combination where we have the ability to, you know, we have this great list of uh, validators and holders who are leaders in trust in the industry um, that are able to look at this stuff and, and verify that. And then, of course, certainly we like we promote that, too. It's uh, it's just I'm smiling because I'm thinking back on uh, just like imagine some kid he's in college right now and he's coming to work for Kava and comes and, you know, and 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 you hire he or she and he um 
starts working and you're like, all right, work on this, work on that. But wait, before we can deploy anything, we have to make sure the community is okay with it because the community actually are the token holders that govern the whole platform here and the multiple different products that are within it. So it's like, could you imagine someone who doesn't really understand crypto, who's just a computer science major, come and intern for you? It's like, say what? We have them. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's just, you, you, it, this is so trailblazing. You, they, not only do they don't teach this stuff in textbooks, it's just it's happening in real time. Yeah. Well, and I would say like for me and what I, what I, what I do, um, you know, particularly at this company, I mean, I, if, I, if I were to divide my day up, these days, let's say in the last six months, I, I'd say easily like 40% of it is devoted to, to that, to that process. Um, we are bringing in lots of not crypto people into this industry. These are very talented people who are coming in and it takes time for them to learn and it takes time for them to adopt our, our process. But I think that's, you know, that that's an advantage that we're going to have that carries forward into the future is putting, yeah, it's putting focus on that. So you have, I want to, I want to talk now about the different products that are on the platform um, and Kava Swap, which is launching actually like in a few days from now. Yeah. Talk about Kava Mint that, um, that uh, operates on the hard protocol, Kava Lend, and then, and then Kava Swap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, yeah, I will talk about that, but just that reminds me though. I mean, again, when you design things, there's trade-off, right? So for us, we don't have, you go, you know, if you, and kudos to Cardano or whatever. But when you look at some of these ecosystems, it's just this cascade of like projects. And you might be like, a lot of those are random little projects, but there's a ton, right? One of the, the, one of the, so the benefit of what we do is that there is actually, I think the highest level of, of safety in the sense of reliability and usability in what we do, but we are not able to put out project as quickly and in as much volume as a lot of the other um, as a lot of our, of, of the competitors. So today we have, we have three, um, and, uh, and I'm pretty actually, uh, and there's, there'll be a few more rolling out like in the next year. Um, but what the way that I can kind of like the way that I would describe this is, yeah, you basically have that, that foundation. And then on top of it, you have this usability layer where there's a uh, composability. And so KavaSwap is actually, I'm very excited about KavaSwap because that's kind of like the final piece that you need for really solid composability. So we have Kava Mint. Kava Mint is a, is a borrowing facility. So it allows users to put crypto assets um, into the protocol and draw a stable coin called USDX from it. And then we also have Kava Lend. Uh, Kava Lend is a money market, which allows users to put supply a number of different assets and borrow um, against those assets. I'm just like imagining in the, in the, in the, uh, the the uh, the YouTube podcast images coming up, um, yeah. and then now and then now we'll have uh, Kava Swap, which allows users to um, swap the tokens that are available on the Kava platform as well as um, supply liquidity um, to the protocol to earn rewards. And so what's what's really nice about you know those three kind of key ingredients is now um, we can do things that streamline, and then we'll have a, a robo advisory coming out. Uh, in Q4, sure. which allows users to automate those strategies, right? So the kind of basic. I, I'm excited about that stuff. I like that too. 
Yeah, and and all and so again for us that ethos is around the user and, and usability, right? I mean, we're really thinking, you, you know, and this is something that we saw in 2017, 18, and and even still today, a lot of projects uh, they talk about themselves, right? They're like, we're you know, like we're the best because we're the fastest, or we're the scalableest, or we're the the whatever, right? And I think again, the the, the path to to victory, the path to getting us to where we want to be, you know, it starts and ends with the user. Right. It's focusing on what the user wants. When I say that safety and reliability is important, I'm not saying it because I think that that is right. I'm saying that's what we think the user is ultimately going to gravitate to over time. So when we make a decision uh, to release uh, a robo advisory, it's for a specific need for a user to be able to automate a strategy, to be able to earn, you know, knock down the barriers to be able to earn in, in an easier way. Um, and then, you know, there's other, there's other things around that. So if we like, kind of, if we talk about Kava Swap, so one of the things that we've done already uh, around, around safety is uh, the Kava community has created a proposal and it's passed to create a SAFU fund. So this is like a general purpose uh, insurance fund. And right now it has like a bit under a uh, hundred million dollars in it, all denominated wow. in Kava tokens. But, yeah. Yeah. So what you see, so the difference is like, you see a lot of like projects, they'll kind of go along, something bad will happen. And then they're like, okay, what do we do? Well, what should we do? You know, should we like, how should we solve this problem? It's thinking about that ahead of time. And that came out of like investigation. So at least today, you know, we went around and worked with a lot of the different insurers and it ended up being that it's like, oh, okay, I could get a policy for like a few hundred thousand dollars, but it's not going to do anything, right? When your platform has hundreds of millions of dollars on it, like yeah, it's a few hundred thousand dollar policy is not going to cut it, right? So it ended up being the Kava community themselves that are underwriting the products, right? They're saying, we're going to put, you know, Kava to work to underwrite the safety of the products for users. It's like a captive insurance type thing. Yeah. It's really cool. And so now you can see how, as we start to add, as protocols start to be added to the platform, you get this, this increase in usability. So an example is when after KavaSwap launches, I don't know, maybe in like mid, late September, there'll be a proposal that will allow, uh, the, that will allow the platform um, to programmatically liquidate a portion of the Kava tokens that are sitting in the Kava Seifu fund through KavaSwap. Um, into stable coins. And so the idea is we're diversifying the basket of assets for that uh, Seifu fund so that in the event, you know, in, in times basically when these, this, these systems hit the most amount of stress or risk when prices are going down, yeah. you know, you have a basket of collateral that is stable. And that continues to further keep decentralization, if further keep governance you know, everyone's involved in the process. It's like a fully created cycle. It's all, it's the token holders are the ones voting on this because at the end of the day, it'll either increase, you know, the value of themselves, of their tokens, but of the whole ecosystem, of the whole platform, or it won't. And everyone's involved in the process. And it also like hedges risk at the same time. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I mean, it's it definitely, like I think, thing. um, and, and those are, I mean, that's the type of stuff that I actually get kind of pretty excited about because, you know, we'll have our, like, we have our helmet on and we're working every day, right? And you wake up and oh, I'm tired and I'm working, I'm tired and I'm working and I'm going, I'm going, I'm doing this stuff. But, you know, sometimes like on a Saturday when you're on a walk and you lift your head up, you're like, you know, we've sort of 
created a system that has decided to put a hundred million dollars, you know, to work in ensuring the safety for this like automated money protocol. Like that's nice, right? Like it, it's, it's nice. Yeah. And then it's nice to it's see pretty it. freaking cool. Yeah. And it's nice to see it work, right? Like one of the, you know, you don't get to do it a lot, but basically like having that little bit of foresight or having that little bit of planning, planning for it and having it happen and, and then be covered in that situation. You're like, that's, you know, that it, it's a good feeling um, to be able to like actually Tens have that one. of millions of people. In fact, ugh, hundreds of millions of people work so paycheck to paycheck, they probably will have, you know, if you make for every hundred dollars you make, you maybe have one dollar left for savings traditionally. And that, and that's the way, that's the way I grew up. That's the way my parents did it. That's the way I, everyone at you college, you, 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 you have to spend what you need to live and then you save what you did. You talk about you taking that walk on a Saturday morning. What you have done is you've given billions of people the ability to take that fiat or whatever they were earning in and put it into a new financial system to earn yield for their families and for their future. Sovereign wealth, financial freedom. That's what you did. That's what we're doing here. And that's why this is so important. It's such a societal shift that is changing people's lives. Every And the people tell me every single day, the things that I just told you, that's what people, someone told me that yesterday. This is not, I'm not making this up. It's, this is, that's why you should realize that it's it's an amazing, amazing world. And a lot of people have imposter syndrome in this space, too, because they're worried, like, what are we doing? Am I doing it? My parents look at us like we're crazy. You know, don't ever feel sad. Don't ever feel like you're not doing something that's worth doing. We are just the world is going to look back on us decades from now. And just this is was going to be bigger than the Internet, bigger than the printing press. Hell. This will have been bigger than sliced bread. That last part was a joke. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like for for us, uh, you know, and maybe I can talk about like a little bit of that process that we have at least at Kava Labs as we're trying to like onboard new people um, and like plug Kava Labs. If you want to work for a company that's doing these things, you can apply kava.io slash careers. Uh, it's out there. So one, one of the things that we do to try and... Um, create a process around like motivating folks um, who, who come on. And a lot of these guys are coming on. Some of them have some experience, um, but a lot of people are, are really quite green um, to the industry um, is, is, you know, painting that mission um, internally uh, that gets people aligned. So like when you're working in a, like back when you're working yeah. in a startup where there's like, you know, less than 10 people, it's actually really easy to get everybody aligned, right? Cause you're all in a room. And if you don't actually ship this code and make some money, the company's going to die. It's pretty pretty easy, right? It's like we're aligned because we don't ship the code, and make some money, we're going to die. Uh, it, it becomes actually a bit more challenging in terms of process um, as you grow out the amount of people, and um, at, you know, and if you have some success, because okay, maybe we don't ship this code and, and we don't die, right? So then, you know, why why should we ship this code? And so one of the things that we've had to find find around culture is um, how do we set a mission that's both like concrete and tangible as well as aspiring? And so like, uh, I like taking examples of like, for, like something like what SpaceX has done where, um, you, know, you know, Elon Musk could come out and you could be like, well, our company culture is take actions that make me the most money, <laughs> right? Like, like build rockets and stuff, but like in the end, I'm gonna get a bunch of money. So isn't that great, right? And like functionally that's what's happening with that company, but that's, that's not what they're saying, right? 
that that's certainly not motivating to people. That's not going to motivate our employees. That's not going to motivate the community. That's not going to motivate users. And so they led with this, this idea of, uh, of Occupy Mars, right? It's giving you this idea that far away, you know, we're going to go do something and, um, and that has, that's kind of, this is nice idea of like, we can go and we can yeah. occupy Mars, whatever. Yeah. And then they've, they've taken it a step further to say, we're going to create a civilization that has a million people on it in Mars. We're going to create a city with a million people on Mars. And so this is an example of creating that mission, at least for their company, um, that allows every employee to sit down as they're coding or whatever and visualize what that thing is that they're creating. And each person can have their own representation of what that is. It's this concrete thing, and it, it implies success for the business. So one of the things that we're that. playing with right now is you know, getting our employees to have this, this notion that we want to have 100 million users that are crypto native, right? When I talk about like this next generation of wealth, like, you know, every generation sort of reinvents what they're doing. And particularly with technology, you have the opportunity to change that actually quite a bit. And yep, so yep. when we're building Cobb and we're planning for things, we're not really planning for like, you know, to like next month's investor, right? It's like, if you look now five years, 10 years out, from this and you're having these young people who are now like three, eight, 10 years old and the decisions that we, that, that they make, we want to enable them um, to have a platform where they can just be crypto native. They can just have their money sitting on there. They, they know that they have a safe custodian of their funds and they have the ability in one place to be able to do any of the transactions that they, they need to be able to do. And so that's kind of like a, a metric internally that we're, you know, that we're going going towards i want to work I, I if anyone's listening and watching and, and wants to work for kava please uh that it'll be in the show notes you know you can follow them on twitter you can uh, uh he, he actually just said the link what's the link again career I, uh, I hope when you type it in the thing it's kava.io slash careers amazing scott stewart you are the chief product officer and co-founder of the kava labs the team behind uh, so much i didn't realize of the kava platform thank you so much for coming live on us that's all the time we have today uh, on untold stories special episode thank you guys for sponsoring you guys are amazing without without you so many of us wouldn't still be here today and i'm excited to to continue following and seeing what's up next in three months from now thanks i appreciate it charlie